0: This is like planet number three for the human beings. Number three. What have you been? Where else have we been? Mars. We've already been to Mars, which is why you can't find water on it. Oh, you think humans already? So you're saying human beings or the life for the life the species that seeded our planet to make us? Yeah. Already destroyed Mars. Um, We're at that point where they were like, "Let's send some people off." We got shot off. Have you seen that article that, that was
1: there's that scientist who thinks there's like octopus living on a moon in Jupiter? What? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Because I remember I saw that I saw the article and then I was like, I remember telling you like octopuses are aliens. But yeah. I'd be like, they're just straight up aliens. There's no way they never know. Just... Same as jellyfish. Jellyfish. I feel like when I was a kid, I definitely feel like I f it almost seems to me that an octopus would release a jellyfish. What, like... Just... Like, hundreds of them come out of an octopus. But that's, like, like the kraken... Yeah. ...would release, like, giant... Like, like, but then again, I didn't really know about the lion's mane jellyfish, which is, like, 15 foot across and then, like, 200 metres long, so... Yeah, isn't like the
0: Portugal man of war?
1: Portuguese man of war, which actually is, like, four different
0: animals living together as one or something like that. Yeah, they just live ham- harmoniously as one giant poisonous thing. They're
1: like, they just, they're like, yeah, we'll be
0: one thing.
1: It's fucking insane. And, uh, speaking about possibly insane stories, uh, apparently Jack's not going to enter in. So, uh, welcome back to 109 Ocean Avenue. Uh, today we will be talking about the very first
0: English spoken abduction case. I thought you were about to be like the very first, I was like a week ahead there. I was like, hang on, we definitely said we are a body on Betty Hill this week.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. We're, yeah, we're doing, which is like one of the first main abduction cases, though. And also, I'm gonna say we we tried to do this probably about a year ago, and we recorded it. And it was um when I was still at my old place, and uh, this we had these mics. I kind of in that that long ago. Was it definitely these ones? But oh, maybe it wasn't. But it just sounded crap, and it was kind of a little bit disjointed. And at the time, we were so today one of our like the main source of definitely where I've got a lot of my information from is captured by oh god I've, I've immediately forgotten the name it's definitely it's ah oh, the scientist what's his
0: name oh my god well the book captured though about is Betty's aunt yeah it's her niece her niece yeah
1: it's Betty's niece and Stanton Freeman and uh they they wrote the, like the most this detailed thing and, and when we first tried to do it I read just the pre for the foreword by Stanton Freeman. And I love Stanton Freeman, but he's he's like a real to the nuts and bolts uh, kind of real like all of his things are called like UFOs are real. But he does like to talk about all his things. And so like the first page he's like talks about every time he gives you a one piece of information, he gives you 12 bits of information about that. And I feel like that's how everyone feels about me at work. <laughs> Also, and I get get when you're not doing it, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> when it's not me, I'm like, whew. But after that, it's the great thing about this book. It just keeps repeating itself over and over and over and over again. Yeah, but it's methodical. It's sort of showing what went down. But also, when it's an audio book, you kind of need it to be told to you continuous. It feels like like it's almost teaching you to remember the thing. was like, and then this happened. Remember? Yeah? And then that... And it's like, and that led to? to <laughs> Just constant reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, yes, that led to the, the blue dress, and it was tested. And, and we tested. The whole blue dress thing, that, that's very, jumping ahead forward, very interesting uh,
0: part of it. Uh, but you have other space news. Yeah, we, well, not we, because we're British and not American. But SpaceX have landed at ISS, National Space Station, last week. I must have given... The time it'll take us to record, edit this podcast, and get it out. Yeah,
1: is that so? Is, is all they do that the all the hubbub was that they just flew up to people like they do all the time.
0: Yeah, it flew up to astronauts from American soil as opposed to flying up American astronauts on Rus- on Russia's soil and costing the costing NASA about I think eighty million per seat. On that, how much do you reckon on this one flight? cost?
1: I reckon it was
0: only. 400 million, because you got the rocket. It's got to be expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't remember what exactly what his budget was for the whole SpaceX thing, but it's obviously Elon Musk in his crazy mind, so...
1: He's going to kill us all. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's working his way up to being... Because he's all jokey and fun, but he's definitely working his way up to being a Batman villain. Yeah. He's going to... When he
0: gets to the Mars, he's going to take over. He's going to buy it. Oh, doesn't he want to die on Mars? Isn't that his thing? Does he? I think he wants to die on Mars. I think he'll succeed. I feel like he'll turn himself into a robot, though. What? Well, and then just live his life out on Mars as a robot.
1: Oh God! And he, yeah, he'll just like turn into like a power suit, like jump up into the onto Mars. But by then, like the Earth's mantle would have all like crumbled down from over mining and stuff. You know, everything would be on fire, or whatever will what happen. Yeah, but hopefully,
0: Tom Long will have like. Contacted aliens by that point, and we can all get out of here. Mm-hmm. That that because de- I'm definitely siding with Tom. You are definitely siding with Tom. Yeah. When it comes down to it, Elon Musk, SpaceX. Versus... Oh, de- to the Stars Academy, and people aren't liking. People don't like to the Stars Academy in the
1: UFO world. What tough? They're, shit. they're not. They're not happy with. They're, wrong. they're not happy with him. Of
0: course they're not, because he's getting everything. Because he's got all that money. As he he's got all that money.
1: How much of his? Yeah. I honestly, I, I feel like I bring this up every time we bring up Tom DeLonge. And in the regards of aliens, how much was that the the leading point of why his wife left? Quite a bit. It's just got to have been. Do you know what fucking freaked me out? I saw an Instagram post of his, that his, like, daughter was, like, graduating. something. I am like, no, but you're Tom DeLonge. No, 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 you're Tom no You can't be like this. What, he can't celebrate his daughter graduating? No, it made me feel sad. No, it made me just feel sad and old. <laughs> what, he's already got yeah, kids Yeah, kid, I'm like, fucking hell, how old does that make me? Yeah,
0: well, I guess this is growing up. I think he's probably almost
1: 40. He's got to be 40, surely.
0: Yeah, so he can't be any more than 10 years older than me.
1: Oh, no, that's fucking tragic. Like, it's the, It's sad. I, can, I just remember being at uni. I'm like, yeah, nice. This is. The... Now I'm like... I'm old, which is weird because I'm like the eight. I'm just older
0: than Owen was when he started uni. Yeah, yeah, but Owen's old. Like he's old. He's old man winners. (laughs) Yeah, he practically saw the dinosaurs. Oh, shall we? uh... (laughs) We get into get into this case. So we'll give a bit of background on Barney and Betty Hill first. Barney and Betty Hill met in the summer of 1956 when Barney and his then wife were on vacation with their two children and a mutual friend who ran a boarding house in New Hampshire where Betty had been renting a room um, while she was between homes having been forced to move due to hers being remodelled. They exchanged addresses and remained in contact. He was a high school dropout, a store clerk in Philly, before joining the US Army as a qualified. Marksman truck driver with excellent character references after leaving the army. He joined the US post office as a carrier.
1: Um, But yeah, he was like, he actually worked for the US post office. He was like, literally, essentially like a mailman style thing, but he actually worked in Boston. So he would commute when him and Bessie actually got together. Because I was listening listening in the book, they were saying like, she didn't actually really want to marry him at the start. It's not like, because as they point out, it's like, and it wasn't because of the colour of his skin, but her whole thing was like, they were just kind of just real good friends, but like the whole distance of go, traveling back and forth, and so like they ended up getting married and then like falling in love with each other. So it was all quite nice
0: and sweet. Yeah, it is quite a nice little sweet kiss, isn't it? It's not...
1: But yeah, so he would literally like what, go, which it was a fucking like, I think it was like a four hour drop round journey.
0: Yeah. Which is a lot of commitment.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was a fucking, it's a, it's a long ass way. But, yeah, apart from as well as working for the... He was, like, a massive, like, community leader. He did a lot of work. Him and... Both him and Betty did a lot of work with, uh, like, civil rights activism. He worked for... He was... Worked with the local... um, Yeah, the NAACP. Sorry. (laughs) Which, uh, as well as, like, they were real, like, devote members of their... It's like interfaith church or something like that. It's called like it's like unionist. It's real weird. It's like a non. It's kind of like non-denomination unification church. I think is what it's called, which is basically like it's like a it's like a church for no certain religion. It's kind of like a mixture of all of them, I think. Or I could be entirely wrong. That's from what I looked was
0: looking at. It's like a wide Christian church. Yeah, it's like kind of like an interfaith church. Or maybe, does it just mean all of the Christianities? Yeah, I think it's probably all of the Christianities. And anyone who. No,
1: but I think it was. I think it was. Um, Unitarian.
0: I think they do about all the other religions as well, possibly. I'm not sure. I'm not We're sure. We're not very big on religion, so. Yeah. You know, I'm probably never going to find that one out. Betty was working as a cashier and a hostess while studying for a degree in social work she enjoyed spending the little time she did with the hills by the following year barney had separated from his wife and as we said contacting betty forming a romantic relationship between the two of them and would spend long weekends and vacations together he soon met her family and all bar a couple of racist members of her family they all took a liking to him at this point his divorce had been finalized and everything had gone through so Uh, The two of them then eventually got married on May the 12th, 1960.
1: Nice. So the incident in question happened when they'd spent so few times together. So again, Barney worked so much, so he essentially worked nights. They had different sleeping patterns. Plus she was now then starting working as a social worker. She would work loads too. Plus they did all that. So all of their time was spent either working or they were, again, they were so active in their community because they were both pretty much community leaders. So they basically, he booked some time off working and they were like, they hadn't gone on honeymoon when they got married. So he was like, let's just, we'll go now. We've got this time off and we'll just, we'll take a trip up to Niagara Falls and Montreal in Canada. So because it was such a spare of the notice, it was, they were literally like, oh, let's go on the Friday. Let's just go today. All the banks were already closed and obviously being 1961, there's no way of getting any money. So they literally just pulled together all the money they had, which was around like, I think $70 or so, be able to make it back and... So, yeah, as I was saying, they set off on the Sunday, September the 15th to uh, Montreal. And basically they went there and they were going to stay in the, stay in the middle of the city. But it's like, apparently it's like ridiculously confusing to drive around Montreal. Plus, because all the signs are in French, french canadia e, And uh, plus also because they had their little dog with them, they were like, well, we they should just try and head outwards. to like, try and find a motel to stay at. But when they heard that there's a storm, Esther, which was, like, heading towards New Hampshire, they were like, they may as well just go home early because, like, they didn't want to get caught in the storm. So to set the scene, the the storm is was, was bre- was meant to be brewing across uh, the East Coast, West Coast. Never eat shredded wheat. East Coast. Boston. New Hampshire. East Coast. So, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, because they're on Montreal's. I may, I don't know. I don't know where anything is. But anyway, they're driving way back, and because um, they're trying to like they're driving the scenic route, so they end up driving through the mountains as they're getting on into New Hampshire. So, uh what when they got into the when they got into the mountains, they uh Betty soon saw what she thought was a shooting star, and when she looked up at it, until it was suddenly like it came to a stop, sat in the southwest sky, and it saw it started to move upwards uh but she was like she this she was the thought this was the first time she's like ever seeing a satellite because like her dad was like big into the space program and he was said he was used to be able to try and go out and like try and look for them because like her family are kind of into the stars skies and stars of here well, or at least the dad's side
0: part of it is yeah I don't think either of them were believers in aliens
1: well uh, that's the thing is uh, as we get to it we'll get to a bit later where one of them had previously seen what she thought was a UFO but that was also with another load of other
0: people as well when she saw as she was gazing upon this satellite that she thought she'd seen it kind of left the course it was currently on and started to ascend towards the moon and then stopped at this point Betty insisted Barney stop so that they could observe it. It then began descending rapidly into their direction as they drove south on Route 3. It continued to have an erratic flight pattern.
1: They um like they actually got out and had a look. Betty had binoculars, and then they actually started. They came and had a look at the thing, and they were like, "Holy crap, this is crazy!" And then so then they just got back in the car. Um, so like literally, they were she was they were watching when fame before they stopped though they were watching it fly and the whole thing like went straight over the face of the moon. I don't know if the, the moon was full, but I like to think it was. <laughs> you know, it's far more cinematic. So uh, then they literally, so because they carried they carried on driving for a then they pulled over again, and it was like this is when when they basically they stood out and it was all flying all around, and they looked at it. And they could see he could see it was uh, like a ship, and they described it having these fins coming out, and they could see like two rows of uh, lights on it. And then, he, they, as he was standing, but when As Barney was standing there looking at it, he was like he was compelled to look at it, even though he was like sure I want to get pulled away. And he was like, sta- like the whole thing was like they wanted them to watch it, and it. So like he heard a thing in his head saying like, it's like look at us, so we can stay there, so we can capture you.
0: So like telekinesis
1: fucking crazy <laughs> so then he was like get back in the car I think at one state I don't know if he had already not he like goes back in, he goes to the back of the car and like because he's got Betty's gun in the car with him and obviously they've had to cross through uh, Canadian the, so he's hidden in the trunk because they have to go through customs so they've they've crossed in through into America and stuff but uh, apparently uh, Betty was a very good marksman and she enjoyed like shoot she went to do like target
0: practice on the like local rifle club
1: <laughs> nice That's what, so it was like her gun
0: with having Betty's handgun on the car, he went, grabbed it and started to walk walk towards the ship, uh, describing it as between 60 and 80 feet in diameter, double row of rectangular windows and as he got close, he could two, see two red lights on the end of the fins that protruded, protruded from the sides. He then used the binoculars to see a group of humanoid figures moving around inside just before the craft tilted towards him. He seemed to believe one of the figures had tried to communicate something to him, I guess he was saying. Yeah,
1: but he said, like, he heard the message, so, he, like, come here so we can capture you, like, keep watching us. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying.
0: Barney was late recorded record saying the figures reminded her of the cold precision of uh, German officers. Yeah. As they moved slowly and efficiently with little emotion.
1: Yeah, he said there was, like, two kinds. There was one that was they reminded him of like Nazis which were like the workman one and then there was the leader one which like he reminded of him of like a big redhead man me- I think he's like a weird red headed man but that's not because it was he described that in his like uh hypnosis thing so it could be less that's how it made, made him feel because it was like this big Irish dude because the whole thing is our mm. brains when we see things we can't understand kind of connect it to the try and make shapes essentially that things we know which I think is why, when you look at the whole thing about the whole UFO sightings and stuff, depending on what we think of UFOs, that's kind of almost how they appear before. Whereas they say that what we have one in this one where it says it appeared like a giant blimp, because it was like in the 40s, but it's like that's when blimps were happening. Yeah. So it kind of like it was almost mocking, or not even mocking, like kind of mimicking. Or it's either that or our brains are just putting it into the patterns that we understand. So it's whatever technology we know to be, like, the highest is what it kind of looks
0: like. Yeah, just using similar shapes to describe something that you're not quite sure what it actually is. Because
1: where it's just like, yeah, because it's it's such a... Even if it's not like... Because I feel like it's kind of like more of a personal... Because, again, this one does see... This Calcase case seems very like an actual thing definitely happened. Oh, yeah. It definitely seems to be more of like... To me, a whole, the whole thing's phenomena seems to hold the same sort of thing as like ghosts, where it's like this weird energy slash paranormal. It's like kind of it's all the same sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Possibly interdimension, possibly
0: interdimensional. Well, of course, the aliens are just the same thing.
1: That's what I mean. Is just it all the same thing? It. So it's fair. so it's like what goblins and fairies and all these things were, and angels, all these things are all the same thing.
0: Just the same race that sent us here from whatever planet they're currently now living on
1: oh god we get to get into so many fun things i think on this episode we also we're gonna touch into the pleiadians i don't know if they call them that but they're like the good vibe aliens which i think are the Ple- pleiadians and obviously we have what these ones kind of seem to be like greys which are like the bad ones
0: yeah well were these were these the first greys
1: well again it's the whole thing of how they, these were like the descriptions they gave and there's gonna be some bollocks You're gonna hear, I don't know if Jack wrote it in the notes, about his descriptions matched a certain episode of a program which he did (laughs) not have the time to watch. This motherfucker was getting shit done. Like, Barney Hill was, like, he, and, and the whole, like, I, it angered me. I've been so angry about it listening to, having listened to Captured, knowing what I know about things, like, literally, because there's, there's, there's a whole argument where everyone's, like, I, I don't know, I guess Barney was kind of a bitch and just w- went along with what she was saying. I was, like, this is fucking nonsense. Like, he had his fucking, fa- he had his shit together. He wasn't watching that shit anywhere. Riled, mate. I'm riled. <laughs> fucking fuming oh, quote some personality test traits
0: <laughs> So Barney ran back to the car and told Betty that they need to get out of it. They floored it down the highway to make their escape. The craft then soon caught up with them and it was directly overhead without a warning and it started sending rhythmic buzzing tones towards the car bouncing off the trunk which caused penetrating vibrations. They drove on silently, which is bullshit because you'd be shitting yourself. Yeah
1: but I feel like that's the whole thing they said. They were like they just didn't even, they were like, nope we're not even gonna cheer up like Betty asked, is like did we actually see all this to him and then apparently they just kind of like drove on into the distance just not a word yeah
0: just keep going and they kept they kept driving until a second blast of these rhythmic tones were blasted at the car from here on out is vague memories of coming across a large red orange orb blocking the road and a want for human contact preoccupied their mind the next thing they they knew dawn was rising across the sky and they'd crossed into portsmouth
1: but yeah because they were actually meant to be due home at the with the drive there there was roughly around 3 a.m they were meant to be back so they were quite surprised when it was there and they were like barney actually was like we quoted writing in the diary that he was like barney said to us like, i can't believe that this is like one of the most incredible things that's ever happened because they were like because they were kind of at, they were at kind of a sense of peace about them directly once they got home not it did not last. that The peace thing did not last, but they they've started to feel very uneasy very quickly. But when they got home, they were like kind of all, which I feel like is the kind of the same experience as like a real psychedelic drug experience. That moment when you're like you're no longer on it, but you're still like, ah, oh, I feel real centered. Before, if you've taken too much, of the crippling low that you get from all the serotonin boost you've
0: had. It's like you just on the you just got a bit of a like nice mellow high before it
1: but yeah but it's not even i feel like it's not even high it's like the afterglow because that's the great thing when you with acid, you have like the afterglow when you are just there, like if you've had like a real great experience and it like properly sits in you're like, like yeah just and, and it's like kind of like because you're not still hiding in any way but it's just this overall sense of maybe that's how like really happy people just feel all the time <laughs> probably <laughs> what are they hiding though So uh, after Betty's death, they, like, found her... I think it was... Excuse it was her niece. They found her diaries. Because she, like, wrote all the time. It wasn't just now. Like, she had, like, she'd, like, written all of her adult life. And she was apparently very good at it. And, like, later on, she, like, wrote pieces for newspapers and stuff like that. After she got out of the full UFO scene, even though she was always really part of it. But she obviously, like, wrote for those. But they found her diaries. And uh, she uh, recorded down that... We entered our home... Turned uh, turned on the light and went over to the window and looked skywards. We stood there for several minutes. Then Varney said, "This is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me." We both wondered if they would come back. Uh, she wrote down that they came. They, as I said, were there at five a.m., which were two hours later than they were meant to have, and they had absolutely like no idea because both of their watches had stopped working at the same time. So, uh, they, uh, I think they, at that stage, they, he, Barney went to the car to get the stuff, but he didn't bring it inside because they were like, who fucking knows what happened there. And, uh, oh shit. I think before that, did they, he was like, oh, he did the, they went and did the drawing, didn't they? Oh yeah. They went and sat in. And... So there, they were like, after they sat at the window, they are like, this is insane. He's like, did you? They were like, did you actually see that? And they were like, yeah. It was like, and then so they just went off in two different rooms, and they, were, they both drew like what they thought they'd seen, and they're like the same picture. I'm sure, there's gonna be people being like, oh, I'm gonna kind of just draw on this. But well, you need to shut the fuck up. You need to read captured. <laughs> or have it read to you. God damn. Oh, I feel like this is it. I'm gonna. I want. I want to start reading so much more like UFO stuff and alien books. I want to get back properly into it. Test how much Clarice
0: really loves me. <laughs> <laughs> didn't go full Tom on her. Yeah, after this, uh, Barney decided it was best that they didn't tell anyone what had gone on and uh, what they said. He was like, no. Oh yeah, he was like, no
1: one. This is like cone of silence. We ain't telling anyone about this. Uh,
0: Betty was up for it though. Betty wanted to tell people and I think just talk it out with people probably more than anything else.
1: She's actually then phoned her so after they went to sleep uh she phoned up her i, d- I thought i didn't know if it was wrote in there so she phoned up her sister and she was like this is happening barney's like oh what are you doing well we're not talking i thought we weren't talking to myself like, no no i'm just gonna ask tell my sister because her sister had actually seen a ufo before like this is what i'm saying like her story was she was with a group of people and she saw like a giant blimp size like she- shaping there and then loads of small saucerships went up to it and like went into it and then it like shot away in like a second So she was like well she'll know she knows about these things she's seen this so I'll tell her about this crazy thing that happened like we saw this thing and it buzzed our car so she goes and tells her and her sister's like this is fucking insane give me a second let me ask around and then Barney's probably in the background being like I said no people what did we just say we just said no one. And she's like, well, no, don't worry. Don't, I mean, don't even think about it. So then Janet's like, give me a second. I'll phone someone. Her friend's husband is a physicist. So she phones him up and she's like, there's this, this crazy story that's just happened. What is he saying? He's like, go and check the car and use a, see if you can use a magnet if there's any weird signs on the car. So then she's like, okay, tells Janet. Then Janet's like, this is great. Oh, guess who just happens to ha- turn up? A former the police chief of the town next door is her friend, and at her house. So he's like, "This is fucking crazy. You should phone the air force." And this he's phone this place. So then, so now all these people know suddenly, and then she goes back to Betty and she's like, "Betty, go get a compass and go see the car." And so she, Betty goes out, and it was like it had been raining, so the car was all. I think it was like red, or maybe it was blue and white. I can't remember. Uh, it was a Chevy, Chevrolet, I've come to some variety.
0: Let's go with red
1: because I actually thought it was red as well. I was definitely thinking red. I am 100% pictured red. But I don't know. I, I don't think it is. though. I think it's I think it's blue and white. But uh literally oh, cuz I was there was a lot of information in the book about the trunks and the latches on it. So uh, I know about that now. Things you need to know. This is information when you're finding the truth. You need to know these key pieces of information. What color was the latch? I don't know the colours of the latch, I just know there was only one type of latch in the back. What's the point? No, because the the thing is, listen, because they're going to tell you that the latch was open, and that's what was banging around and making those bumping noises they heard. But that is a lie, because the specific type of car only had one latch, and if if the boot was closed, the latch was closed. So otherwise, the boot would have flown wide open, and they would have definitely noticed that. So anyway... There these shiny, <laughs> there's these shiny there's these shiny circles and betty's like come let's go find the compass and barney's like i'm not having any of this i'm not helping you find the compass i don't care so she sees these circles and she's going around and because because betty's she's a learned woman she's, and she actually is, she's a she's very smart woman she knows that a cheap ass compass if you put it towards a metal of a car for some reason it will do a little move around thing and do that but for some unknown reason, the circles she goes over one of these circle patches, which apparently like a, the size of a half dollar, a silver dollar, whatever that is. But that's the size of it apparently. And uh, she puts it over, and the compass just starts spinning perfectly. And she's like, "Oh, it's the way I'm holding it." So she like just places it over and moves her hand, and there it is spinning round. So she's <laughs> then she's like, "Come on, Barney, come see this," and she's like, "Uh, no." he's like fine and then he goes there so then Janet Janet Miller and her family come round and be like let's go see this this looks fucking awesome uh, so then because the police chief's there and everyone else comes round she's like you need to go and phone uh, Pease Air Force Base which I think is the, what it's called and uh, then she they were like no and then finally they like gave in and she was like oh, okay we'll phone we'll phone the we'll,
0: we'll phone the Air Force Base they give a report into the 100th bomb wing of the Air Force. Barney decided to leave out the part featuring the humanoid figures.
1: Yeah, because uh, it was initially, apparently because it was initially uh, Betty who phoned them, but when, after Barney got on the phone, he just started describing everything, and she was like, "She he started giving out more information than I did, because it turned out that um, Barney said it was because, like, he didn't seem surprised by what he was saying. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Well, he clearly is knows something about this." So he like just gave him all the information.
0: Uh, this was officially reported to what was known at the time as Project Blue Book as Air Force Form One One Two, number one hundred one sixty one, as part of his intelligent report of the incident.
1: This is what the book is a lot of. The book is a lot of this reading out of the numbers of the blue, especially the Project Blue Book chapter. Which, oh, it's a great book, honestly. Get the audio. I might just buy everyone that as my gifts for Christmas this year. Everyone's just getting that on audiobook. I'll buy them, yeah, a one-month subscription to Amazon, but they have to get that book.
0: As part of his intelligence report on the incident, Major Henderson included Project Blue Book. 10073 project record card, which outlined a very similar description of the main body and wings that uh, Barney had given in. However, no official link has ever been made between the two reports. A form titled, The True Extract of Daily Report of the Controller, ACS, Air Air Communication Service Form 96. I love all
1: that you're reading all these. Uh,
0: For the date of the 20th of September 1961, outlines the actual ground visual report. It... Also informs us that the Air Force personnel observed an unidentified aircraft on precision approach radar about four miles from the control tower. However, in November 1961, this incident was all but covered up.
1: Yeah, they gave some some bollocks no, nonsense that like there was a fucking weather balloon or something stupid fucking weather balloon it was like it was flattened uh, the whole thing but the weather balloon they were like well why was it so big they're like well the weather balloon can span up to like 20 feet when it's that high up in the air and they're like yeah but the, the weather balloon part isn't what's picked up you pick up the little information box you can't pick up the big inflated air piece so how, what's this it's a complete cover up
0: yeah so after this whole cover up and an official statement saying no evidence was presented to indicate that the object was anything other than due to natural causes this whole thing this whole experience that they'd had Had left Barney unwilling to let think about it, let alone talk or discuss the matter with anybody else. However. Betty grew more curious, and this led to her checking out a book called The Flying Saucer Conspiracy by Major Donald Keyhole. He was the director of the NICAP, the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, a non-profit organization that said the government was hiding information about the UFOs, which obviously... Yes, 100%. It's
1: just come out that they have. According
0: to Betty and Barney. It still are. Yeah, they still are. So she wrote, wrote him a letter detailing her and Barney's ordeal and after this it was years after the whole incident when they they also started having nightmares like very intense nightmares around this sort of time
1: by the time i think if it was late i think it was all in that sort of same sort of round sort of time it wasn't years later it was like 10 years later 10 days after the incident is when she started getting her nightmares but she started getting weird flashbacks of kind of like half weird strange peculiar memories and uh, supposedly, this is when it goes into the later hypnosis stage, people talk that this is how... Because they spoke to this person, like because Betty would repeat the dreams, and then Barney would hear them in his sleep. And then he, that's mm. how he reserved that. Even though Barney's on a complete different sleep schedule to her most of the time, because he's commuting the way to fucking Boston. So they're sleeping at different times. It's fucking none. Um, but I feel like, yeah, they because the nightmares were happening for a while, and then, then Barney was like... No one. We're not talking to anyone. We're just going to chill out. And then Betty started, obviously, had the nightmares and stuff like that. And then they started to get these weird symptoms. Like Barney got this weird circle, like perfect circle, or like on his groin area and like this weird cup shape. And they were like kept getting inflamed and he kept getting like peculiar ulcers and stuff like that. And he felt like real ill. And because of that reason, they were like, oh, you can't remember something's happened. Like the Air Force were like you should go see a psychiatrist for like essentially it's like trapped memories. I actually sent you a thing where it's called I sent you a thing the other day, if on text, possibly.
0: You did. Conversion hysteria?
1: Yeah, so basically when the whole thing is you go back and you regress it, they put you under hypnosis, is you go in and confront what's giving you this the it so you basically have the symptom you go and conf- under hypnosis confront that and once you confront it you kind of get over the thing so it's not meant to help you remember exactly what happened I, which i think is what there but it's this whole kind of you kind of confront the ability because you can often remember it but then it's the whole thing is more finding the emotion and trying like getting over that feeling and thus relieving your symptoms so they didn't a- so,
0: so i was gonna say it's sort of like dealing with them um... Like repressed memories and repressed trauma.
1: Yeah, it's the whole thing. That's what they were going there for. They weren't going to try and work out what why that happened. They were trying to deal with the issues that had come up since then. So, yes, yeah, so they actually, what I was saying is they didn't go to, because they ended up going to doc, this guy called Dr. Simon. But they didn't go there to like essentially just to cover the memories. They went there to deal with the issues that had come up because of that.
0: Yeah, it took Dr. Simon three weeks to get the hills conditioned in preparation for this deep hypnotic trance they had to be put into
1: uh yeah that was a real cool thing when they were like starting to do it because barney asked like what was like what would be what is
0: a hallucination to because
1: they obviously explained the whole thing and apparently they were both i can't remember it's a real confusing word but they could both reach that state which i think it's like 13 percent of the people can reach this level where you can get so deep into this trance so it's like some people this is why people have been like oh they're so susceptible but no they're allowing these things to happen so they can mm-hmm. so they can find out what happened rather than then they're just completely susceptible to it but he said it was like oh a dog's come in because they're trying to work out if you when you go back and remember because you have to kind of like pontificate and work out what happened he was like how will i know between a fake memory and real memory because it's such a the memory's such a uh fallible thing so he's like oh he know you essentially he's trying to work even though he know when he remembers the dog coming in he sees the dog and he. Look in his mind the dog's actually there but he knows that's not a fake memory. That's that's not a memory he's had. He knows that's like a fake thing that's happened because of the hypnosis. So they understand like how it works when they've been like oh you just made these things up in there and remember them as real memories. If that makes sense? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it does. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, Dr. Simon uh, concluded that their recollection and memories of the events were both very similar to each other and consistent with each other's reports. There is a lot of talk that Barney was obviously, as you were saying, more susceptible and taking on fantasies inspired by Betty's dreams and nightmares that he'd heard. And Dr. Simon said this was the most reasonable explanation for his side of things.
1: Because Dr. Simon does not. He's not a UFO thinker. He does not believe in the whole thing but he does he does very much believe that they saw the flying saucer at the start that's like no everyone essentially is like that's he there he's like yeah that bit's true but this part of it nah the next part we're, we're gonna go into
0: yeah, because although each thing they were saying was fairly similar, they both had very unique parts to each side of it.
1: Oh, yeah, because they were separated out yeah. from one another. Because basically what happened was before they got onto the... They had the buzzing sound came from their trunk. They were driving. They were fucking speeding down the road. The buzzing sound happened again. And then he, like, turned randomly and just turned off into a different way. And then they did the thing where they walked up to them. The ship was there in front of that was there parked... The guys walked up to him, and they were like split out on either side. And then it's like from her point of view is like they came up, they were they just came and grabbed her. They came, they couldn't work out the door quite wait. Well. Then they opened up the door. Barney was unconscious, and then they just kind of dragged him along, and they took him up into there, and they let walked like uh, Betty into the up the like up into a ramp into the UFO. And they said that's when they were separated out, like, between her... She, Betty, went one way, and then they took Barney into uh, another direction. And they were saying that's when they basically went both went off to have... One went to have an exam first, because apparently, according to Betty, who spoke to the leader of, like, the aliens, he said they only have, like, one physician, so they can only do one examination at a time.
0: Yeah, and during these examinations, the humanoid beings removed betty and barney's claws plucked strands of their hair took clippings of the nails scraped the skin and each sample was placed on a clear material not unlike a glass slide needles collected to Connected to long wires were probed into their heads, arms, legs, spines.
1: But they apparently they weren't even just probed; they were just kind of placed. They like placed needles on their temples, and then Barney said that he felt like the guy who went down his vertebrae, like because the, the doctor guy who came in. He was again, he was different to the other one, and he said he was like would touch him, and like he, he thought he was like counting his vertebrae or something, or whatever he was doing. He couldn't quite work out because this is also what differed is. That Barney, when he was in his examination, they said they gave him basically something weird went up inside his ass. They said it was very like a very thin thing, like he felt it go in, but it wasn't like a major discomfort when it all went in. So something went in, and then a cup thing came out and was placed over his junk, which is exactly where he got the weird set of rings. And like someone, some doctor said it was like they were like, "Oh, it's just uh, warts." And they were like, "What are you fucking talking about? This isn't." clearly isn't this like because it, did, it was, there's a weird genital warts have like cauliflower out or something and they didn't cauliflower and it was just in this perfect circle
0: so it sounds like they were getting like a full medical
1: yeah it was like it was like a full exam apparently it was like it was just like a full like medical examination they were to they did also a long needle went into Betty's stomach and she was good. She said she thought it was given uh, like a pregnancy test, but it turns out to be like a weird thing. Like apparently she, the way she described it, it's like a test that happens now, like an ambiotic test that how you do for when you do like chromozoic testing for children. You know, when they All right. like check for like if the kids have like Down syndrome or yeah. Watch, work, work out the paternity and stuff like that. It's like this weird test, and she described it, it's like kind of what that like that is now, but like obviously she would have no idea about that. Even though she was, she was like a social worker, she did understand doc, like the dog stuff, but they it wasn't. So, and she also saw something like like a laparoscopic tool, which wasn't being used for like till the like nineteen nineties. So she was like describing things like she there was no way she would have like known of, like what ended up being like actual tools to use. And then as they were saying, as Barney was off in like one room, getting his probably examination. Betty was in a room with the leader, and this is when she was like, uh, can I have something to take home with me? And he gave her like this book, and he looked at the book and he's like, oh, and he was like, can you read that? Because again, he's communicating through through their heads uh, and uh, she's like no it's not about me reading it it's about me having proof that i was on this I And mean, then, like he kind of like laughs her away and he's like yeah sure whatever you can have the book and then they go to the, the other ones come in like what are you doing like, i'm just giving her this book and he's like no we can't give her the book so he takes the book off her, and she's like no i'm gonna remember this so like, she's like where did where were are we where are you guys from in the stars and again he's been like fucking dickhead like pulls out the stars and like, where are you guys at where are you on this map? And she's and then he's like, yeah, here we're from here. But this is this whole thing of like aliens are so benevolent. Like, why would you trust them? Why are they, what are they going to do? Of course, they're going to lie to you. Why would they tell you where they're from? It doesn't matter. But they're going to say, we're going to wipe your memories anyway. So uh, you're not going to remember. But another thing that she noted down is that Betty, her dress was... So two things that I think we completely forgot to say was when they got home, Betty's dress, she her dress was torn and ripped in certain places. so she, And it was covered in this, like, pink dust. So uh, she kind of basically hung it up, and she went to go... I think she went to, like, throw it away, and she was like, no, shit, I should save this. So she, like, put it up in her closet and, like, left it for ages before she got it. She got Then they did loads of testing. Because when, when she got in contact with uh, the Air Force and stuff like that, they actually took it quite seriously with all after they've heard all this stuff, and they started to doing testing on it, which I think came after the book came out. So they did these. Te- they
0: did the- I think about five labs have tested that dress.
1: Yeah, yeah, loads of people have done so many tests on it. But it was yeah, it was covering all this stuff, and Barney's shoes. It was like this new pair of shoes, were all scuffed across the like. The top bit of the shoe? I don't know what that part As was. As if he'd been, like, dragged by... because Dra- that's exactly how she did- was described him being dragged was all up and across. And so those are the two things. And she said that when she was having her exam, they went to do the weird spine thing like they did to Barney. And then they tried to take off the dress and he couldn't work out how to take off the dress. And so she was, like, there and she tried to unzip it. And then he worked out, then he started pulling at it. That's when it, like, got torn. And another weird thing is they got really obsessed with her mouth barney had dentures and obviously he'd been examined first so when they examined all the stuff they took his dentures out and so they couldn't they brought them to her and like they couldn't work out why they had these and she was like oh and she tried to explain how when we get older but he had like a grenade uh went off or something like that and he lost his teeth so that's why he had dentures but then she tried to explain when people get older we lose our teeth and they couldn't understand the concept of aging so it was like she was trying to just like explain what happened like how the aging process like works and Because again, it seemed to be a very scientific looking at like what's like, Like, what what is aging? aging? And like, she, she, he had, he spoke complete English, but he didn't understand what colors were. So when she would say yellow, she's like, what is.
2: What is yellow?
1: And yeah, as I was saying, the, they're in this, they're doing all these hypnotic tapes and stuff like that. And after the end that they'd finished doing them, the doc, Dr. Simon was like, here's the tapes. You go now, go home and listen to them. And you can get over the thing because like each time they remembered and hells yeah, we're going to play splice with some tapes in this.
2: I know this. this creature, this leader, is telling me something. He's telling you something. How? How is he getting it to you? I can see it in his face. Do you see his lips move? Yes. No, his lips aren't moving. Yes, go on. He's telling you. He's looking at me. What did he tell you? stay there and keep looking just keep looking and stay there and just keep looking yeah. just keep looking did, could you hear him tell you? oh I gotta pull these binoculars away from my eyes because if I don't I'll just keep staying there could you hear him tell you this oh no he didn't say it you felt he said it I it? know you know he did there yeah just stay there, he's saying to me. It's All right. I'll take in my head. Just All right. pull All the pedophiles right. away. God, give me strength. All right. All pull him right. down. Run Pull the Naples down and run. God It says my like God, give me strength. I gotta get away. Oh, oh. Oh hey, right. we right. gotta get away, buddy. All right, calm down. Calm down. I'm dying. going to get away. Oh, oh. I think you'd be sure he was telling you this. Calm down. You're
1: still asleep. Oh. And as you'll see, when you if you listen to the tapes, like they're fucking hits. Barney is worried oh yeah he is concerned it's true fear yeah like he is scared like whether or not you think they were abducted by aliens something definitely happened (laughs) like it's fucking crazy so when they got these tapes and they were like we're not going to listen to these tapes so then i think they were at they either went to Janet Miller's house or maybe I think they went to Major Kehoe's house. because I think they became real good friends. I think that so they were. So I think they went to Major Kehoe's house to listen to the recordings for the first time. And that was when they were like, when uh, they listened and they were like, shit, something definitely happened. What we need to do is get these uh these two. There's this UFO network and it's like the two counties UFO group. And they and Barney's like, we're not talking to any more people about this. <laughs> I Don't want to talk to, to any more this. people about this. Please, let's just stop talking about this. And then, so they talk to the two bit, and he's like, yeah, fine, I'll come because first it's about national security, so that's why he was telling the whole air force thing. And he was like, yeah, about doctors to try and get over all these physical conditions that I'm having. But he's like, I'm not going to want to talk to these fucking UFO people. But he goes, so he like gave the speech, and someone who's there. This bastard. What's his fucking name? I hate this guy. At the time then, no one knew about it cuz he was basically was like, "Oh yeah, they were kept they actually managed to keep it tight-lipped until this guy who was at the this two counties UFO conference thing group. This guy called John the Turrell, so basically he was at the UFO meeting when he heard about their experience and he managed to get hold of an audio tape from dr simon and he was like hey let me write this article about you and they were like look we really don't want to talk to any more people about this like please just keep it short he's like no, let me just... I'll just write these articles. And they're like, can you... Can we just write these articles? And he's like, no, no, we really... We really don't want to talk about these articles. So then he just fucking writes these articles like a piece of shit for the Boston Traveller. And it was called uh The UFO Chiller. Did They Seize Couple? And he's fucking... He Honestly, it was like a five-page piece and it was done without them essentially knowing it was going to happen. And then so then, like, because that all happened and then that led to them having the book... Because they were like, oh, this guy secured the rights for that. And he was like, oh, I want to write a book about you guys after hearing the articles. And they were like, well, fine. Now the fact that everyone knows, we didn't want to tell everyone about this. But the fact that everyone now knows about this, what we need to do is like kind of like tell our side of the whole story thing. So we don't look like dicks. Because the whole thing was Barney didn't like the fact that he had basically some of these tapes that were going to were him. He's very scared in these tapes. And if people didn't believe that, hey, they would just think that Barney's just this kind of guy who's scared of, like, imaginary stories, where he's like, fucking something goddamn happened to me. And so I was like, I'm going to actually... He's like, even though, again, he still wasn't big on, like... He, they did the book and... but Because then, in this time... He's, like, adv- he's on, like, advisory group for, again, the N- the NAACP. But he's also, I can't remember what it's bloody called now. But he was recommended by, like, the governor to be a representative for the black community in that area. And, like, I don't know if it was just Portsmouth or maybe even New Hampshire. So he was, like, reporting to the governor about, like, like human rights. And he was so massive in, like, this poverty group trying to, like. So he was such an active member of his, of his community. And he was like, well, fuck you then. You've, like, kind of ruined this whole thing I had to go in. 'Cause now I'm like the UFO scaredy guy. And uh so they publish the book gets written that is called uh was it Journey An Interrupted Journey? Yeah, John Fuller, An Interrupted Journey. So they they uh the inter and it's and it's like a bestseller so it kind of gets them in all this circuit and because of all this people it's a very well uh, written book and i think it made a lot of people believe in their story because it was very methodically noted down and because they made sure that dr simon had editing rights on the book to make sure he didn't publish anything fanciful about it because they didn't want a fanciful account they just wanted the facts essentially stated out as what happened in this case and from this like people big people in the ufo world started getting in contact with betty and she would um like this guy i think it was jacques valet who's this uh he's an astrologer and like a big big uh psychic ufo guy so he's like oh he's they got they managed between them and NICAP. uh she like start tries to get them to contact the ufo in her head essentially because there's a and then, like, go do experiments with, like, try and show up in this location, and then... Because she reported many sightings of seeing UFO, which, unfortunately, like in her later life she started her own like ufo group and everything and then uh unfortunately that was kind of a demise because there was all this like basically she was so certain that she knew that what about ufos that she wanted to show people so started like stop the whole reason that everyone believed her story that the people who believed her story was because how methodically it was all noted down and and it was done very proper point by point Mm -hmm. by point point. And then when she started doing experiments with with NICAP and stuff like that and other ufologists, uh, she would like concentrate and they went to her parents' house one time and like it turned up at her neighbor's house, a UFO turned up there. So there's all these weird sightings that would happen around her family With when they tried to come up, Basically, she would try and think of a UFO would appear at a certain time in a certain place doing a certain thing. So in case they saw it, they would know. That's the psychic connection because there's this guy called Rear Admiral Knowles. He's also part of like NICAP. So he's this big fucking fleet army fleet commander and he gets in contact with Betty. Was are like this is how she gets into doing all these psychic tests because he was in he was a big proprietor for Project Blue Book as well and he was doing like an aeronomical things along with Alan Hynek who again is a massive person in the UFO world that he's a basically he doesn't believe he's a UFO debunker so he goes around trying to prove it but he ends up oh. kind of becoming in doing so like a massive proprietor for, for reporting UFOs things because he was trying to go out and debunk them but then if you can't disprove them he's like here's all this information I think there's the Hudson Valley sightings which I, look, I can't wait to get into when we do that in the future which is him and like some other guy unfortunately and I think the other guy kind of ran away with it so like all these massive figures in the uf in ufology like got her and he had like uh, got her to do all these experiments with her and then because of that she basically built up all this confidence that she could uh talk to the U- essentially co- communicate with the ufos and she did believe that they like were watching her often like for the rest of her life
0: i think you would out of paranoia though
1: yeah or do you ha- this the whole thing of like if you are you crazy because you're seeing your foes or you seeing your foes because you're crazy Like it's fucking imagine because if it's just a psychic experience, but it's like kind of a little bit physical So say if it's like 20%, something's actually there, but the 80% is done inside your head. So like the thing we see as a UFO and this giant thing could be like a tiny little like orb, like a size of a ping pong ball, but you can't see it because it's in a different dimension, but it, physically it's barely there but it is there but we're seeing it in person the person that the experience happens to is like the worst thing they've ever seen i don't know if this is all just nonsense at this stage but i love the book captured
0: we haven't spoken about the uh, star map yet
1: oh so one uh, one thing we didn't before we get into the star map Uh, one thing I didn't talk about we said about uh, her seeing UFOs and that uh, but actually after they had some weird things started happening at their house after the incident like one day the earrings that she was wearing that uh, Betty just put somewhere else just one day appeared in a complete other spot also they like went out and where Betty had left the newspaper from where she was doing the crossword she left it on the side and when they came back there was like a thing of ice like folded into it but inside the ice there was like a weird pattern so it looked like it had been frozen but a pattern was inside the thing that's frozen and then the outside was like cylindrical like all smooth so they just literally like threw it in the sink and were like the fuck before like going out and looking at the sky sky, like the fuck is happening here after Barney's death Barney died of a stroke not that long after he died in 1969 only a few years after the incident really so then it was after his death that like weird things started to happen and also Betty got other people to move into the flats because I think everyone else kind of moved out because it was like an apartment block So I think they were like the tenants of, almost. I think they owned the property and people lived there so she got people to come like stay in the other places and they noted that men in like black suits would come in open the door with a key and like come and then like would like disappear so she kept like getting the locks changed and stuff like that and then just kept half happen- every time it would happen again and she didn't want to report it because she thought as soon as i report it, it's more paper trail and she was like worrying like is the whole thing about them like men in black kind of
0: thing mm. it's pretty fucking cool. let's get into the star map so obviously as we were saying the leader of the grid Sure, Betty, stared up and went, "This is where we're from. You'll never remember this." Sucker. During obviously the therapy with Doctor Simon, she recalled this, and he got it to draw it out and write it down. And said, you know, this is a representation of the star system that these Greys had said they were from. So, so
1: this a uh, school teacher called uh, Marjorie Fish uh, came across the star the star map when she was actually reading an interrupted journey. So she was determined to find out how, and she built hundreds and hundreds of 3D models using string and beads and. And map this all and like the amount of work that she went through to like do this and this it's not only that like she went through these catalogues of stars because it's not like now and just you type in the distance between blah 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 star and blah, blah blah star and google goes boom it's that she like maps all this stuff out and again she has personally come forward and said she doesn't think this is right due to new knowledge that came out in the 1990s but also with the whole thing about this thing is so subjective that the two stars do match is the whole point that there's no stars in between but the whole reason why they would do that this the, th- the whole thing of like the example they give in captured is like you have different types of roadmaps you have atlases you have all these things like why, you're not going to show on the thing of the world on a globe you're not going to show each city yeah you're not going to have all the roads. so why would you show the start? there's billions of stars everywhere why would you show you only want to show the interplanetary stars that weren't like necessary essentially depending on what kind of thing they were showing Any but anyway she built all this and it was so well done like astrologists and astro physicists were like yeah you've crushed this this is
0: perfect well she said it was obviously was reticular however fish did take some let's say artistic license to find where the matching stars were uh you can
1: this thing is she didn't take artistic license you're reading you're reading the false lies propagated by people like the amazing randy <laughs> like one of her debunkers a guy called the amazing randy he was a fucking magician a magician. And he was like, oh, well, if you can't... But honestly, he, he said he made up just these bollocks numbers. And then Carl fucking Sagan... Yeah, sure. Oh, billions and billions. I'm the smart guy. Like, Carl fucking Sagan's so arrogant about... He's like, because they... This on. I think someone released this article and it was about the possibility of it. Because they quoted Carl Sagan in the fact, because they were talking about her map. He was like, I'm going to sue you if you don't take my name off this such a fucking buzzkill <laughs> but yeah uh yeah unfortunately as i as i said uh they it was zeta reticulum which i think people still to this day believe that's possibly where because there's two of them there's two zetas and uh they feel like between the two possibly is where their base planet is <laughs>
0: yeah mufon decided to take it as fuck
1: Muf- mufon are the mutual ufo network by the way
0: case you didn't didn't know what Mufon was, and it wasn't until Charles Huffer, a Mufon investigator, chastised them for not updating the theory, he, as he thought he discovered that two of the Triangle stars were outside the boundaries of her theory that stated all the stars were within fifty-five light years of azita reticule and that apparently rendered the whole thing void well I mean if we're just all
1: saying big numbers anything's possible uh, the map thing I can imagine like c- when again the map thing is her memory I'm not saying that didn't happen but the chance of finding stars anywhere, and again why would the aliens tell you they just want to fuck with us do they? Do they want to? No, you don't want to tell people. You want to fuck with them. They're like benevolent. They're so above us. But the whole thing is like, if they were greys, greys are actually a worker class alien. They are controlled by the tall whites, which are from Alpha Centaurium, I believe. So I think, and they're like, they're like a hive mind. So they're like half robot, half. They're like a biological robot, and they are, are sterile. So they cannot reproduce. So the whole thing is the greys because of their nuclear war which is why they want to come over here and stop us using nukes or is why they're attracted by a nuclear source because they're like fuck they're going to do the same thing as ours so they basically sterilize themselves through a nuclear war and they're using humans to try and reproduce and making hybrids possibly.
0: Oh so they want to stop us using nukes? To...
1: No to make sure we don't burn our genets out. So they can still keep building hybrids. And they yeah. can still keep using keep using ours to make human hybrids but that's of course if the Draco uh, indigenous aliens of Earth don't eat us all first which they will well they slowly are go on then try and
0: throw me throw me some planes, and I'll just
1: fucking keep knocking them back down
0: we've all we've already knocked out the uh, that he was highly suggestible individual yeah,
1: fuck that. Honestly, Go, there is a, a part of uh, where they do this psychological profile and they're like everything where it's like anytime it's like a mental faculty, Barney is scoring, scoring higher than average and all of these things. Yes, he was more passive than his wife. Like she was like a very, again, this is why she was the very forefront into this whole thing, but he wasn't they would like argue and bicker and that's what they really enjoyed doing was like they would definitely stand up to one another which I think is because they obviously came from being friends to becoming before they became in a relationship and got married but they were like so this whole thing was like oh she could just hear this plus the whole th- nonsense that he had it in her sleep when he wasn't sleeping the same hours because he was doing his ridiculous commute to Boston
0: yeah but you'd still hear uh, like was he was waking up to go to work or he was, was coming back in and she'd gone to bed yeah but the whole thing is that you don't but
1: she's woken up I think they're in like real different sleep patterns but uh, I think I think it's bollocks, personally. But I think, yeah, this is one of the cases where, at the start, again, I've been converted by this book.
0: And it could all be nonsense. What about the fact that uh, both her accounts are very similar to the 1953 film Invaders from Mars, and that Barney's description of them is remarkably similar to the Bifrost Man? Barney did not watch that film. Why not?
1: Barney was not a fanciful man. How do you know? Because I have heard accounts... From friends and family. He was so busy. He was such an active member of his community. He ain't sitting down. In the very little time he has, they were meant to go on this nice trip and it got ruined. I just, I feel like it's not because they don't talk. Like, the Bifrost man is much taller than the description. But also, it's the whole thing of what I'm saying before. If you have an image of what an alien looks like, maybe that's how it looks to you. Because otherwise, how else could you possibly comprehend
0: it? You've already pre-built that image before.
1: Yeah, so when you see like a psychic experience, even though it's a physical thing that's happened to you, again, it's still a psychic projection. So you kind of imply
0: whatever thing you can to it. Yeah, same way as like psychics work and mystic readers, fortune tellers. What does that mean? What do you mean? Like, and they'll they'll. Tell you what's going to happen, and then when something vaguely similar happens to you, you'll piece it all together and say, oh, look, they told us this was going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, again, that could, that's one way. But then it's the whole th- way you're looking at it, like, I'm starting to... The more and more recently, I'm starting to think I might be slightly psychic. I'm not I'm not <laughs> going to lie. I've been, I've been noticing a lot of uh, synchronicities and a lot of... Uh... <laughs> Examples? I, I can't even give them. They're so small. They're such small little things. Like... I've guessed how many, again, but it's not even like, I have I keep guessing numbers right, and they'll keep going real specifically, and I keep getting those things right. I often can hear what Clarice is thinking, but that's just... That's because you live together, though. That's what I can do sometimes. Yeah, but I can hear it. I literally get the word in my head, and then I say it.
0: Yeah, it's because you've been living together for the last three years. Psychically, yeah. Yeah, but that's how it, that's what happens when you live with someone
1: no, no no i don't just know the things she's going to say like sometimes she'll go and say a random thing and before she says it i'll be like nah. and then she's like how did you know i'm gonna say that and i go because i can hear your thoughts but again it's just it's such weird little minor things and i heard someone give a description of uh them being possibly psychic and i'm like i imagine all of these things <laughs> and what i what i feel like the two thick ways that i connect i think People who think they are psychic and people who smoke we kind of crossed over these categories. Especially now that everything's so mundane and everything's so day-to-day that it just happens in the exact same way. But like that time isn't real. So this whole thing of being like, oh yeah, I thought about it. It's like, even though you remembering something from three days ago, and you're like, <laughs> this is exactly what happened though. I'm like, yeah, because you walk up these stairs every day with this box.
0: <laughs> That's all life is now.
1: Yeah, it's just the same thing. Over and over. So unfortunately, with as I said, with Betty, she kind of went off the deep end after working, after Barney's death, working with all the massive UFO people and people she was getting very respected. She kind of started asking people to give her UFO experiences of like UFO stuff. And then she started doing conferences and circuits, and then she convinced a few other people to do the hypnosis. But unfortunately, it wasn't done by proper psychiatrists, so it just kind of got their trauma like brought up. And often they were just mentally ill, she said, the lots of people. So she mm. kind of retired. She was like, I'm out, peace, from uh, the UFO community.
0: Yeah, I think that brings it close to the whole barney and betty hill
1: yeah uh definitely happened i'm saying 100 yes
0: i mean i'm gonna say 100 yes as well
1: i'm gonna say not in the exact way that maybe they thought again but something definitely happened oh, no, i don't uh, yeah i I, yeah, I really enjoyed like re- getting to revisit this again even though because we, we didn't do it the last time properly but i even i'm saying that even if they were not abducted by aliens per se some weird government psyops oh yeah MK ultra
0: shit went down. Yeah, if it wasn't aliens, it was definitely the government. The government, government did wrong, damn government. So
1: uh yeah, that is uh it for today's episode. We hope everyone is Oh, obviously you can email us at all any anything about anything, yeah, just whatever. Just say hi. Uh, email us at 109 Ocean Avenue, or you can obviously follow us on Instagram at the same 109 Ocean Avenue, or follow us personally at I'm at Stay Teak. I'm at Jack Blank. And uh, yeah, everything's
0: fucking crazy right now. And uh, yeah, so if you like, if you are out protesting, you know, stay safe. Yeah. Man, cause, look after yourselves and each other. Yeah, it's fucking nuts.
1: I, I, I don't, I, I, don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a, a lost for words with it all. Again, I, I, don't know if that's partially the the issue. I, uh, I don't even know how to uh, trail out on this one. <laughs> Not Me neither. Oh, maybe we could like just play out on a fun, happy song. <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you choose. <laughs> <Peace>. <laughs>